lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre, and you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, where every now and then you still may see hashtag Facebook approved takes, but I've been feeling a little uh, froggy lately, so I decided to go ahead and step to uh, Facebook. Uh, and it's censors over the last few days. I'm enjoying myself. We'll see how much longer that lasts. You can also uh, look for me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show and then go to MeWe Parlor Gab and Getter. All right. Now, if you are one of the 10,000 people, and I'm only slightly exaggerating, that has either sent me a note on email or on Facebook or on Twitter asking for the link to the speech by Peter McCullough, his presentation that we spent our entire show and overtime breaking down yesterday. Um, First of all, the amount of you that thought that I could just post that on Facebook. I'm sorry. Are you guys paying attention to what's going on out there? Did you really think that was going to last for two? If I post that on Facebook, did you think that was going to last for two damn seconds? Uh, Yeah, thank you. I'll take (laughs) chocolate, vanilla, and TP for the bunghole, Beavis. I know. I mean, come on, guys. Really? What's next? Hey, Steve, I, can you send this to my at DNC email address? I mean, come on, guys. Come on. And you're an Ohio State fan, too, right? Yeah, yes, we got a country to save. We got a country to save here. I need you, some of y'all just need to keep up a little bit. All right? The idea that we were just going to post that on Facebook and it was going to stay there, I mean, come on. Even if I account for several of you are just smart asses, which I hope is the case. Way too many people that thought that that was actually possible in this universe. I want to live on whatever earth you're on. Or you live on an earth pre-2016. We can't post that stuff on Facebook anymore. However, it is on all of my other social media accounts. MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. If you go to MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter, I have the link to that video. It is in my feed. Just look for my name, Steve Dace on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. The, the video is on Rumble.com, by the way, and that's also where you can go, Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show to get clips of this show that are not censored, that you can watch for free at Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Some big news from our friends over at Built Bar. Rocky Road is back, and Rocky Road is, as we used to say back in the day, it's the bomb. Rocky Road, it, it, it ain't quite to chocolate chip cookie dough level, but that's a little bit like saying she's not as hot as Kate Upton. Okay, I mean, it, there's a, there's a, there's still a lot of latitude there. Fair, sure. Okay, Rocky Road is absolutely legit. All right, so if you want to get Rocky Road or any of their other fantastic flavors at Built Bar, I've got my wife hooked up on the on the Built Bar puffs now. By the way, you can try those too. Uh, Built.com, B-U-I-L-T for Built.com. Use the promo code DACE and get 15% off your order. When you use my last name, you'll get 15% off. And you can get one of the variety boxes. Try their everyday flavors that people love. Mint brownie, uh, cookies and cream, all the other greatness there. Uh, coconut uh, or coconut almond is also, if you like almond joy and stuff like that, it tastes just like that. All right, built.com, B-U-I-L-T, use the promo code DACE to get 15% off. All right, on today's show, 
We have a lot going on on today's show. All right, we've got four segments, and and frankly, each of them could like be their own podcast. So, man, I, I hope that you are drink, ready to drink from a fire hose today. Let, let's work back to front. In the final segment of the program, we will have Pop Culture Tuesday. We warned you last week we were going to be breaking down the new hit series on Netflix from the producers of The Haunting of Hill House, which was the top-watched series on Netflix about two or three years ago, won a lot of awards. This is one of their follow-ups, and it's called Midnight Mass. And boy, howdy, does it have a lot to say on a lot of spiritual and theological levels. Now, a lot of it ain't mere orthodoxy, GK, okay? But it's got a lot to say, nevertheless. And if there was ever a show on Netflix that just seemed, hey, let's come up with something that they'll want to talk about on the Steve Day Show, this would seem to be it. So we will be talking about it. I've already gotten numerous emails from people who have also watched it, including people who tapped out. They couldn't take it anymore. So we maybe will have that conversation, too, in the final segment of the show. At the top of next hour, for fake news or not, I told you yesterday, this is the week we're going on offense now. We're not taking this anymore. We're not reacting to them anymore. We're going to make them react to us now. So yesterday, we, we made the case from an intellectual and moral level with the help of Dr. Peter McCullough. And we let him do the vast majority of the heavy lifting for us. It's the same reason why you bring in a, a major apologist like a Josh McDowell into your church. Because... He has certain levels of credentials that the way he explains things gives those sitting in the pews there confidence that, yeah, I can wait out into a pluralistic world with this belief system. There's, there, I don't have to just do this on, well, because I believe it. There's real reasons for the faith that I have, that I can defend what I believe. And that's why you're always fired up after a guy like that comes into your church to go out there and, and try to reach your community because he helps instill confidence. We wanted Dr. Peter McCullough to do that for you yesterday. Now today, today it's about the question that Todd likes to ask on this show frequently. What are we prepared to do? What does it look like to say we will go on offense and not just wait around to vote our way out of this, which hasn't worked for the last, I don't know, 30 years and probably won't work for the foreseeable future? Well, today I will find out. Are we fake news? Are we really committed to this? Are we fake news? What can we do? We will lay that out for you at the top of hour two. Now, Aaron knows what is coming because he had to prepare it for on air. Todd, you do not. Nope. That is on purpose because I wanted to get your cold reaction to this as I did Peter McCullough's talk yesterday. Okay? Yep. So top of next hour, are American patriots fake news? That's the question we have to answer. What are we prepared to do? At the bottom of this hour, we will talk to an attorney representing members of the U.S. military pushing back on immoral and unethical vaccine mandates. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by John Gruden. The beloved NFL coach is no longer with the Las Vegas Raiders. He resigned last night after a bevy of old emails of his surfaced, which were criticized as being vulgar and misogynistic. 
The NFL, who prior to Gruden's emails was a paragon of virtue, wholesomeness, and integrity on and off the field, supplied the Raiders organization with the emails, which eventually led to Coach Gruden's resignation. Now, being that this is a conservative show, you'd be well within your rights, as many are right now, to assume this is just another example of liberal cancel culture. But in this instance, for once, it appears John Gruden may have finally stepped over the line. Here are some of the emails in question. An email dated April 31st, 2011 reads, quote, Where the f*** were you on Tuesday? With who you say? I wasn't at the studio, What do you do, screw Dre? You went there looking for me? Boo, that excuse is too lame. Keep playing me. You're gonna end up with a huge goose egg, you fake lying You never told me you knew Drake. I'm sorry, I got that mixed up with the lyrics to So Much Better by Eminem, who's actually performing at the Super Bowl halftime show in February. How about this one? Another email from 2013 reads, So how the f*** am I supposed to pay this just to lay this I know the mine. I'm a a couple more times and then I'm through with it. There's nothing else to do with it. Pass it to the homie. Now you hit me because she ain't nothing but a to me and y'all know ain't to me. Once again, I keep getting my papers mixed up. That's actually Snoop D-O-double-G's song, Ain't No Fun. He's actually performing at the uh, Super Bowl halftime show as well. How about this email from just a couple of years ago in 2018? ain't but and tricks. Lick on these and the gets the on after you're done, then I hops in my coupe to make a quick run. That's Dr. Dre also performing at the Super Bowl halftime show. Quote, can you control your you gotta that won't do what you say. You can't control your she hard-headed, she just won't obey. Can control your You've got to know what to do and what to say. Snoop Dogg. Quote, I told that I'm a sucker for love, but you're a sucker for in your mama tub. Then your granny walked in, told the stupid N-word to duck under the water. He drowned like an abortion. They booked you for manslaughter. You beat the case and I called you. Shireen is not available. Now leave a message at the town. And Kendrick, don't forget to buy two pair of those expensive heels, you little Ferris wheel. Spinning on me, Kendrick Lamar, also a Super Bowl halftime show performer. Quote, Gabby Gifford, my attack is vicious. Jack the Ripper back in business. Tyler, create nothing. I see why you called yourself a bitch. It's not just because you lack attention. It's because you worship D12s. You're sacrilegious. That's Eminem. In completely unrelated news, Todd Kaplan, vice president of Pepsi, who sponsors the halftime show, said recently in a statement, quote, The Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show has become a landmark cultural moment, bringing about some of the most iconic performances over the years, and we're thrilled to bring together such an incredible array of talented record-breaking musicians to put on a performance for the ages, end quote. How stupid are we? Just some damn sense! And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at home title lock. Uh, the social security administration's computer servers are 45 years old. What's that have to do with this? Oh, computer services at health and human services are 50 years old. Uh, maybe that's how cyber criminals hacked into the U S census bureau's computers where everything about you is stored. The threat of some cyber thief stealing your credit card. Isn't nearly as big of a risk uh, as what happens if they can take ownership of your home. Now they have personal information on you, how you use to sign in, log in, whatever question is the answer. If they claim, I don't know your, I don't, I lost my email and password. What's my security question? They may have all that kind of information on you now. So they acquire that and then they go online where a lot of your home titles are kept these days. Log in now as if they are you. And then drain you of your equity. This is called home title theft. It's one of the fastest growing cyber crimes in America. 
And unfortunately, your homeowner's insurance and your mortgage lender doesn't protect you from this. But thankfully, you've got Home Title Lock to the rescue. And you can go there right now, register your address to see if you're already a victim, and use the promo code RADIO to get 30 free days of protection. That's 30 free days of protection of your most important asset, your own home, when you log on to HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code RADIO. So... I want to I want to spend a good deal of time here today discussing this situation with John Gruden. I don't know John Gruden. I have never met John Gruden. All I know about him is John Gruden the football coach. John Gruden the Monday night football announcer. These emails came out of the discovery process for a uh, a lawsuit going on against the the for, the artist formerly known as the Washington Redskins. So uh, these emails are all pre two thousand and eighteen. Because I've heard people say, "Hey, if I talk like that about my boss, I'd get fired too." John Gruden wasn't working for Roger Goodell in two thousand and eighteen. In fact, he's not. Well, until yesterday, wasn't working for him. Now, he works for the Raiders. Not the commissioner. But prior to 2018, these emails were all sent at a time, or mostly sent at a time, that he was working for ESPN, actually, as the head analyst for Monday Night Football and the draft. So that's irrelevant. So is the nature of his comments. Now, you know, I've said this before in a different context. I've, I've never, I've been in a lot of locker rooms, a lot, both playing sports as a kid, but a lot of them covering sports as a reporter. I've been in a lot of locker rooms. I've heard quite a bit. I've never heard stuff like you can just grab women by the, the, the hoo-ha. I never heard stuff like that. I heard lots of comments about women's hoo-hahs, but not the idea that I should just grab them if I wanted to. I've not heard anything at all about talking about the size of the lips of a black man. At least not since Archie Bunker went off the air. That all notwithstanding, just as what Donald Trump said to Billy Bush wasn't about being offended about unseemly comments about women, it was about the fact he said them and then ran for president as a Republican. And you can actually use your office to manipulate and impose your will on unsuspecting women in the intern pool and then impose your DNA upon their clothing and be completely protected by the feminist movement. See where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Neither are Neither is John Gruden gone for any of the comments that are making most of the headlines. He's gone because within those comments, he mocked and scorned the league's turn to social justice. That's why. That is why. If he had not done that, he would be the coach of the Raiders right now. Still might have had to apologize, face some suspension or something, maybe, but he'd be the coach of the Raiders right now. This isn't about race or anything else. This is just strictly about politics. He mocked and blew up the league's entire narrative. 
If you violate the regime's narrative, it doesn't matter. I mean, the fakeness of seeing all these guys on ESPN who worked years with John Gruden. Crying crocodile tears. Keyshawn Johnson called him a phony this morning. Dude, if you're looking for phonies, maybe march into the corner offices over there in Bristol. Because they paid that guy like $10 million a year for several years. Who knew that they were, who knew that they were employing a closeted Klan member this whole time? Then again, over at ESPN, they don't seem to have a problem with Klan members because they're all in the tank for the guy that ran for president last year, who as vice president once fondly eulogized a former grand cyclops of the KKK as a friend and a mentor and a guide. So there's that. See, this isn't hypocrisy. It's not. Oh, it's far worse than that. It's kneel before Zod. See, Joy Reid can say all the exact same things, claim that her email got hacked and they're not her words, never actually provide any evidence for any email hacking and get a show on MSNBC. Why? Because she slurps and affirms the regime's narrative. That's why. Jeffrey Tubin can choke his chicken, literally. Literally. Literally gets caught in front of his female peers, belly laughing to the five-knuckle chuckle. But he's back for sloppy seconds over at CNN. Why? Because he slurps and affirms the regime's narrative. That's why. You can wear blackface while being a Democrat and become governor of Virginia. Remain governor of Virginia, in fact, after it's discovered. Why? Because you slurp and affirm the regime's narrative. That's why. That's what this is about. That's what it's always about. That's why there would be no standards if there weren't double standards. Because the standard is... If you go against us, look at Eric Clapton yesterday. Rolling Stone, I mean, Eric Clapton helped to mainstream Jimi Hendrix at a time when the country actually was debating whether black people were separate but equal. And somehow Rolling Stone, is Eric Clapton like some insignificant, like a, 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 ses, a, a session guitarist, a name people are unfamiliar with. He's always been on the B side. No Indeed. one really knows. Kind of just who on the is. fringes and you know, he's an outlier. He's arguably the greatest guitarist in the history of rock and roll. And apparently Rolling Stone magazine had no idea that he has been a racist since 1976 until he dared defy the regime's narrative on the COVID vaccines. That's what this is about. If you defy the regime's narrative, we can do whatever we want to you. Kyrie Irving might as well say his name is John Kyle Thompson from the plantation. John Beaumont Thompson and my granddaddy owns slaves. Because he's been, he's been stripped of all of his past social justice street cred. The fact that he's black, he's stripped of all of that. Why? Because he dares defies the regime's narrative on vaccines. So now he's been... Suspended from the team. 
Because this is what it's about. This is why Dave Rubin ceases to be gay as he, the minute he starts thinking for himself. This is why Bill Maher is currently marveling at the, at, at, at the surge of conservative viewers and followers he has. This is why Joe Rogan found out there were scores of blue check marks on Twitter disappointed that he did not die of COVID. That were like, how dare you recover? Because Joe Rogan recovered his way. Because Bill Maher is an actual liberal that is wondering when they gave up on liberalism. I thought we were into, you know, highlighting freedom and choice and options for people, particularly disadvantaged people. But now what Bill Maher is finding is if you want to make choices that go against the regime's narrative, then you might as well call yourself Donald Trump. You too once said, grab him by the hoo-ha, apparently. Because that's all that it's about. The furtherance and the advancement of a regime. This is an invasion. It's a cold civil war, yes. But the point of it is for invasion. That is the point. I suspect, given the nature of this Washington Redskins lawsuit, there will be more emails coming out. I suspect we might see a few people that right now are are highly sanctimonious. Maybe a few of their emails might get exposed. I don't know how much, how many options of, or opportunities many of you in the audience have had to be sideline during a major college or pro football game. On the field with the players. In the locker room with the players. I have. Remember, I came from a sports media career. I've had a lot of access to it, actually. You don't want to know what these players say to each other. You're going to hear 7,000 N-bombs, and that's just the white guys talking to the black guys. The black guys respond back with 1,500 N-bombs. They come over the top rope. Everybody's, Everybody's tapped everybody's mom about 10 minutes into the game. Front and back. And that's before the first TV timeout, guys. You don't want to know. You don't want to know what goes on. It's a culture you're not familiar with and have probably not been exposed to. And it ain't for the faint of heart. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I've heard plenty of things in these contexts that I've, I gave the Steve Carell yikes to. Like, I'd never say that. But for all these sports media people to now be acting like they've just never heard talk like this and it just can't, it, it cannot be tolerated is complete and total BS. The NFL cares so much about homophobic, racist, and misogynistic content that as Aaron brilliantly pointed out in his montage, those who have taken the words attributed to John Gruden to links and extents, I might even say depths, that he didn't even approach and did so in public. He thought he was having a private conversation. They do so in public for profit. They will not be shunned or canceled. No, they will perform at the Super Bowl in front of your kids. Because this isn't hypocrisy. It's an invasion. 
It's not hypocrisy when the Japs don't hold their soldiers to the same standards as they hold the Americans. It's not hypocrisy when the Soviets don't hold their bureaucrats to the same standards as they, as they do the Americans. They're an enemy. It's an invasion. That's what it is. Invaders aren't hypocrites. They're invaders. I have no idea what kind of a human being John Gruden is. I do know, though, that has nothing to do with what has transpired for the last 24 hours. It's why Eric Clapton is suddenly a racist. And Rolling Stone, the chronicle of rock and roll, apparently didn't know this for going on 50 years. No. Don't think for yourself. You can't think for yourself. And if you do, we will try to destroy you with a, a routine background check. Gentlemen, any thoughts? There is a lot there that connects to what we're going to be talking about regarding Midnight Mass, in my estimation. Uh, I think it's providential that I spent as much time early this morning watching that show to make sure I was all caught up. Uh, our ways are not his ways, and almost all we have now is our ways. And when that happens, you have not just the invasion that Steve talked about, but you have an invading religion. There is spirit to it. It, it, is, it is not simply misunderstood. It is not simply confused. It knows exactly what it's doing. It takes the scalps it wants to take to make sure, and we just talked about this yesterday regarding McCullough, fear. The Joker talks about that too, fear. You're going to be quaking in your boots. I must bow. When am I going to be next? I need to keep my stuff. I need to keep my things. And you're going to race to do it, aren't you? Because you fear there's not even a moment of courage in you to say no. And because all of you lie to yourself like that in the darkness, the, the simple fact of the matter is none of you come together and you let them bully you. You let them take charge of your whole life. You're not your own man. You're not your own woman. You're part of the Borg now. And make no mistake, you'll have pretensions about you're enlightened, you're reasonable, you're scientific, you're in a cult. This is the latest blood offering of the cult. It's... It's daunting, it's it's creepy, it's it's freaky. What we're watching transpire, transpire over and over again in this country. Uh, bleep Joe Biden. Oh, let's go, Brandon. Pilots at Southwest go on strike. Unforeseen weather issues. Um, John Gruden said some things in, in emails during a time he wasn't even working for, for the league or for 
or for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, he's got to go, but we'll let wife beaters and all any number of, of abusers or just not quite upstanding citizens. We'll, we'll let them in the league. Just they have to, they're the ones that have to, to toe the line. Kyrie Irving now can't play with an it's over and it's over and over again. We are fast approaching. You want to talk about religion. You want to talk about cults. We're fast approaching a time where if you do not toe the line, really what's what we're talking about here is a jizya. You will pay the price. You are a, you, you are a permanent non-statist uh, 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 sojourner or, uh, or dweller in this land. You will pay the price. That, that's where we're at right now with the spirit of the age. Where a number of people are having to pay a jizya. That's the price, whether it's their job, whether it's I got to pay for these COVID tests because I'm not going to because I'm not going to take the vaccine. Where it goes after that, though, is is even darker. And make mo- no mistake, if enough of us do not stand up and just say no, it will go there. Here's the good news, though. They're getting this nasty because we are starting to push back yep. and stand up and they don't know what to do. So that is the good news. More in a moment. If you've been struggling with chronic pain. This is the kind of pain that usually arrives from having too much inflammation in your body. This is that lingering achiness, stiffness, and soreness in places like your back, knees, your neck, your shoulders. Not an injury, but the stuff that's of the chronic lingering variety. You need an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by 35 years of clinical research and backed by me. My last, uh, you know, going on almost two years of using it on a daily basis. Of course, I'm talking about our friends over at Omega XL. If you want to attack the inflammation that's causing and likely the cause, I should say, of your chronic pain, try Omega XL. And right now you can do so with a buy one bottle, get a second one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. And again, I can personally attest to how good this product is. OmegaXL.com slash Steve to get buy one, get one free. Or if you're old school, just give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. R. Davis Younce joins us now. Uh, He is a veteran. He's an attorney. And he's representing other military personnel pushing back now on immoral and unethical vaccine mandates. We want to welcome him to the show here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We've got an important message to get about out about what's going on with our military right now. No doubt. And I have received, I cannot tell you, uh, into maybe the hundreds of emails from people that are either related to or married to military personnel or active military personnel themselves. First, though, tell us your background and what drew you to this case. Yeah, so I served for a total of 19 years. I'm actually still a reservist in the Air Force JAG Corps, but I have my own law firm. And in that practice, I represent military members all over the world, all kinds of issues from religious accommodations to court martial cases. And that's how I got involved in this. I met a constitutional law attorney at a homeschool conference. He runs a nonprofit in Texas. 
He's connected to pastors. Those pastors have been ministering to Navy SEALs. And after a midnight phone call from that attorney, I ended up uh, in a room with about, with dozens of Navy SEALs just a couple of days later, um, talking about their religious faith and talking about the arbitrary deadlines they've been given to comply with this mandate. Hmm. Arbitrary. Define that from a legal standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. From a, from a legal standpoint, when we say arbitrary, what we mean is someone has set up a deadline that's not tied to anything. It's not tied to anything factually, legally, scientifically, or otherwise. So what my clients have seen in this case is they've been asking for months for clear guidance. What are What's the guidance going to be for vaccine mandates? Is it going to be how are we going to apply for religious accommodation, a medical exemption? And they were told to wait. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, I've had clients who were given 24, 48 hours, a couple of days to submit a medical exemption or a religious accommodation. And it's not just that. Each branch of the service, each component of the service is rolling out different deadlines. So when I say arbitrary, it's clearly arbitrary. I've gotten a lot of questions because I'm not a lawyer, but I've had a lot of background with issues like this. I have quite a few friends who are lawyers that have argued cases like this in the in the general population. So I know just enough to be dangerous and at least give people some um, some some places to look and the right kind of questions to ask. But I haven't been really sure what to say to military personnel, because on a certain level, you agree to have, I guess I would say, um, a less robust version of constitutional freedoms that the the typical American citizen has, right? So I'm not sure under the you know the Uniform Code of Military Justice, what do the same standards apply for religious freedom and things of that nature? Can you answer that question for us? Absolutely. So the key thing to understand is that a military member doesn't give up their constitutional rights simply because they've decided to serve. There's certainly limitations on them. One of the most common is like free speech rights. Military members are limited in what they can say about the military, about their superiors while they're wearing the uniform. But what's critical here is, you know, provisions of the Civil Rights Act, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and other basic constitutional rights when it comes to religious freedom still apply to military members. And really up to the point where we saw this vaccine rollout, the answer for a religious accommodation for a military member, the default answer has always been yes. If it can be accommodated, the military's answer is yes. Whether it's a diet restriction, whether it's uh, having a beard, whether it's uh, some kind of headgear, um, those accommodations have traditionally been granted wherever they can be. But we're seeing something very, very different with this vaccine mandate. One of the things that's bothered me about what I call COVID stand, brother, from the very beginning, has been, and this is a term that you'll know even better than me, there has been no lemon test here. No, no threshold test on anything. They're, 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 they're has, they, they don't have to prove masks work. They don't have to debate efficacy of vaccines or particularly when we're dealing with the young men at the age group that are predominantly going to be getting vaccinated here. They're in one of the danger zones for pericarditis and myocarditis as an as a as an adverse side effect to these vaccines or even on the even on with with women that are enlisted. If 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 they if they're planning on getting out in six months and starting a family as soon as they are starting a family while they're enlisted, the other predominant adverse side effect we see in the database relates to female reproductive 
uh, issues. So the idea that we can just impose this and never have to, we don't have to prove to you that muzzling your your breath will actually save lives. It doesn't. All the data shows it doesn't. There's no data in the world that show masks work. They don't work anywhere. So where do we get to a point in a court of law? And I'm all for arguing this on the grounds of religious exemption. I think at this point we try to get people uh, by as much freedom protected by any means necessary as fast as we can. But on some level, don't we have to force the question, is there no threshold test? Is there no lemon test here to even broach these encroachments on our freedoms and liberty? You just get to say there's a need and a want and get to re- and get to and, and commend it. And hopefully we can get a religious exemption. No, you don't have to prove the wherewithal of this at all. Do you see what I'm getting at? That has bothered me from the very beginning with lockdowns. I, I totally agree. And for my clients in the military, the same they have the same concerns. You know, my clients are, are men of faith, but they also have just the same basic concerns. Why with this vaccine, never before seen in the military, why with this vaccine is natural immunity being completely ignored? The law hasn't changed. Military regulations haven't changed. But the guidance coming out from the Pentagon and trickling down all the way to my clients is we're going to ignore natural immunity. We're going to completely ignore that with this vaccine uniquely. The other scary thing is the way they're handling supposed medical exemptions. The military doctors that I'm interviewing every day are saying they're being pressured. Their medical licenses are being threatened if they approve medical exemptions for anything other than an adverse reaction to an mRNA vaccine. In other words, you could be a healthy Navy SEAL with natural immunity who survived COVID, has antibodies, and the only medical exemption they're willing to even consider is if you get the first jab and you have an adverse reaction to it. Uh, <laughs> I know, brother. I know. Here's, here's some other things that bother me about this. If this thing works so great, then why wait eight weeks to impose it on people? Why not just do it tomorrow? And, and why is it okay for these guys to be actively serving all this time up until the deadline? What sense does that make, right? I mean, if, it, if this works so great and it's such a life and death situation, then there's nothing else we can possibly do to prevent somebody from succumbing to COVID. Why are we even giving people six months, three months, eight weeks of a warning? Why, I would assume these guys get to actively serve the, if they're called into duty, I mean, if, if, you know, Al-Qaeda shows back up on our shores, heaven forbid, I would imagine, if, you know, prior to the, the, the deadline, we're not going to say, hey, you know what, we don't really need these SEALs right now. Uh, no, they're gonna, we're going to put them in action, right? So, I mean, on one hand, they, they tell it's, it, you mentioned it's arbitrary, but if it's so damn urgent, why aren't we doing it right now? I mean, what, what's the point of letting them even serve right now if there's such a clear danger to their servicemen by being unvaccinated? The scary thing for my clients is it feels very, very political. Mm -hmm. My clients ask good questions of their leadership, their lower level leadership, and they have commanders telling them, oh, we're with you. We agree with you. This doesn't make sense. But this is coming down to us from the the highest levels. There's nothing we can do to stop it. And, And this absurdity of this just continues. I spoke to a woman this week who was hired to be the chief of rated diversity for the Air Force. She's a reservist. She was given the responsibility of having that job, meaning recruiting women into uh, pilot slots in the Air Force. When she submitted her religious accommodation request, she was fired within 24 hours. Fired. 
Wow. One of the things I've also heard from my audience is people being given dishonorable discharges if they don't want to take it. I mean, at the very least, you can't give a guy or a woman who is on the at the end of their tour, at the end of their at the end of their contract, you can't give them at least let them serve it out in an honorable discharge. So now you want to threaten their pension and their and their and and their status. That just seems cruel and unusually and unusually punitive. It absolutely does. There are many, many people that I talk to that are in my situation. I'm essentially a year away from a reserve retirement after my service. Many of my clients are in the same position. And again, unique to this vaccine in the past, if you were close to retirement, if you were six months out, 12 months out, if you had a, an approved retirement date, the military would say, OK, you don't you're not deployable. So you don't have any more vaccine mandates. You don't need to go and get all these vaccines because you're not deployable anymore. But with this vaccine, it's being treated differently. My clients are being told you have to get it anyway. There's no exceptions. Why? What's the benign? What's the benign explanation for why a virus whose current case fatality rate is 0.6 percent? And by the way, you're representing the healthiest among us who are in the age group age groups that are the least vulnerable to this and actually show an, an inverted status of of adverse side effects to the vaccine compared to incidents with COVID. All right. Why, what is, what is it about this uh, non-Captain Trips Ebola-like virus that there, it, it's required for all these uh, lack of exceptions and mitigations? What's the benign explanation for that? I, I wish I knew. And again, it just, it feels very, very political and it starts to make you go in dark places, places I never thought. Like weeding people out that want to think for themselves and are critical thinkers and, and, and aren't, you know, just complete compliant. You mean stuff like that, dark places like that, maybe? Absolutely. And it's a follow on to what we've seen in the military and my clients have seen over the last two years with everything else, with extremism training that my clients feel like, well, if, if I'm willing to give my life in support of an idea of the Constitution, then I meet your definition of an extremist. Mm. So absolutely, all of this is just a follow-on to the concerns that, that my clients have had over the last two years, really. Davis, somebody in the audience right now, either related to somebody in the military or active duty themselves, that wants to push back against this, what would you recommend they do? They, they need to take a stand. We, we have set up a nonprofit with some pastors and others called Stand With Warriors. It's available at standwithwarriors.org. And I can tell you, one of the biggest things we can do is have numbers. By going there, by having people sign up, by having people reach out to Congress, we're already seeing a difference. We're seeing the military react behind the scenes to what my clients are doing because they're deeply concerned. You're talking about hundreds of Navy SEALs who are just going to be pulled out of the formation if something doesn't change. My clients are hard nose. They're not going to take this vaccine. They'll follow the process. They'll follow the chain of command. But ultimately, if they are ordered to get it in violation of their religious rights and their faith, they're going to say no. The other development that's happened is Coast Guard rescue swimmers. It may not sound as exciting as the SEALs at first, but there's only 340 of them. I've been talking to a group of 60 of them that are hard nose, and there are no replacements in the pipeline. Their mm. schoolhouse is condemned. There's no one else coming along uh, in that pipeline to replace them. So again, for a critical mission for the Coast Guard, when we have shipping uh, cargo ships just piling up off our coasts, the critical role of the Coast Guard is going to be greatly impacted if there isn't a, a policy change here as we move forward. Can you give me that website one more time? I want to go to it right now. Standwithwarriors.org. You spell that the last word for me? 
Warriors. Warriors W-A-R-R-I-O-R-S. Warriors. War, stand with Warriors. Okay. It sounded like standwithlawyers.org, and I knew that wasn't it. All right. So that's no. why I wanted that's why I wanted to clarify it. All right. That's right. All right. So standwithwarriors.org is where you want to go. Uh, and you can uh, get resource information if you're caught in this nexus right now. Uh, and you can support them as well. Standwithwarriors.org. Again, standwithwarriors.org. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing. And thanks for coming on the show today. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. God bless. Same to you. God bless. Um, you know, we've been telling you about Rough Greens for a long time now. It's that supplement powder you mix in with your pet's food. And with that one simple act, you're probably giving your dog the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that aren't in that store-bought food. It was strip-mined before it left the factory in order to last for a long time uh, through the distribution process and the and the storage and inventory process. They do the same thing with the human food nowadays. That's why we're taking so many supplements. But now with Rough Greens, you've got a supplement for your pet. But you might be concerned, hey, maybe if I mix this in with my dog's food, they won't like it. Well, one way to find out is if we give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. It's on us. You'll pay for the shipping, so you've got some skin in the game. We want you to actually try it. We're afraid if we just pay everything, then it'll just you know end up in the circular file. We believe in this product, all right? that It's good for your pet. We want you to try it. So get that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. You pay the shipping, but the bag is on us at roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, for roughgreens.com. You can also give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Reaction to the conversation we just had. Well, he got me early on by talking about how obvious this is, and I just said the same thing last segment about how obvious this all is. There's How many exceptions will the military make for for uh, women and whether or not they can complete training so they change the standards for other uh, non-traditional Western faiths and beards, what have you, and none here. It, it, it's a sign about how late the hour is where that was all establishing uh, a foothold, and they don't need to establish in a foothold. They're telling you it's all theirs. That's chilling, especially when it's in the military. I asked when Donald Trump was president on this show, I said, maybe Donald Trump isn't asking the military to do certain things in the inner cities because he thinks the military won't listen to I him. remember the first time you said that, and it froze me because I had not even considered that we were that far down the path yet. And I think we have to consider that that's now the case. In fact, I mean, we've got excerpts of General Milley conversations that that's absolutely yes. the case. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's. It, it was just. Um, it wasn't even this time last year. I think it was in summer of last year. We had some colonel or something bragging, responding to Tucker Carlson, talking about uh, right. the military getting a, a little soft, and how they're so accepting and diverse and things like. Wow, what a difference! What a difference a year makes. So standwithwarriors.org. Standwithwarriors.org. Just send it over to my wife. We're going to make a donation urge you to do the same thing if you can standwithwarriors.org fake news or not is next we're on the clock stay tuned we're back with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with aaron mcintyre todd erzin and all of you, let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. 
In fact, you're going to want to keep that web address handy here in just a little bit. We haven't thrown it out there in a while, but you're going to want to re be visiting stevedace.com here in just a few minutes. I'll tell you why. But steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. If you're looking for the full Robert, I'm sorry, the full Peter McCullough speech that we broke down yesterday, uh, uninterrupted by us. Uh, I've linked it on all of my social media accounts that are not under censorship. So you'll find those on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter, G-E-T-T-R. Just look for me there and you'll see it linked there. MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. And you can watch the speech as well. It's on rumble.com. You can check out our channel on rumble, rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Want to thank all of you that access the show via the podcast. Thank you. If you haven't done so yet, if you have the time, leave us a five-star review, hit subscribe or follow. So many of you have done those two things for us already. And it may seem kind of, you know, trite, but those are huge contributions to helping the show grow, especially when thousands of you do it. So thanks to each and every one of you. Uh, also, uh, your family might be thanking you if you the next time it couldn't happen here happens here and it's food and you're prepared with our friends at my patriot supply top quality emergency survival food it stays fresh with proper storage for up to 25 years which means you're going to have a good month head start on everybody else in case again it couldn't ever happen here happens here again uh, right now, if you act, you can save $50 on their four-week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply. It's a handy kit. It gives you breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks. So that's a total of 2,000-plus calories every day. You certainly won't go hungry on that. All right, so don't make excuses. Make sure your family is prepared. Uh, it will be delivered discreetly to your door, and you know for 25 years, if you store it right, you are good to go if it goes down, all right? Preparewithdace.com, that's D-E-A-C-E, preparewithdace.com to take advantage of this offer at preparewithdace.com. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Pop Culture Tuesday, we're going to break down the new hit series on Netflix from the creators and producers of The Haunting of Hill House. It's called Midnight Mass, and it has a lot to say. In fact, Todd and I were talking during the last break. We're not sure we could break this down sufficiently just in one segment here at the bottom of the hour. We might have to have a part deux next week for Pop Culture Tuesday. That's how much is going on on this show. Okay? I'm, I'm sure we can't break it down in one segment. All right. All right. Let's get to fake news or not. And I, I said yesterday that we're not sitting and staying on defense any longer. We're going on offense. That it is time for them now to be afraid of us, for us not to be afraid of them. I, I think it was even just yesterday on the show I was joking that a study came out late last week out of, out of Israel that found low-dose aspirin can be part of an effective early treatment against COVID. And what was the joke I made? Watch low-dose aspirin now. Yeah. One of the OGs of OTCs, okay? Watch it now get the hydroxychloroquine ivermectin treatment. I was, I was, I was joking, okay? But you've pulled a Babylon B. You've predicted. Yes. It, it literally is going down right now as we speak. So how many of you in this audience know someone or you yourself 
have been on, and maybe for years and years and years, a daily regimen of low-dose aspirin to help prevent an initial cardiac event. Suddenly, just days after an Israeli study published in the left-wing Jerusalem Post, by the way, indicated that low-dose, that same daily regimen of low-dose aspirin that you use to help prevent a cardio event, a cardiovascular event, can also now be used as an effective early treatment against COVID. Now suddenly there is an emergency panel of U.S. health experts saying to stop taking low-dose aspirin. I'm not making this up. That's an alert, breaking news alert from the New York Times within the, the last hour. I just shared it on Twitter. You cannot make this stuff up. As I told you last hour, it is not hypocrisy. It's an invasion. Now, if we're going to go on offense, the two operative words here are we and go. (laughs) All right? We and go are the two operative words here. We, meaning in the original Greek, uh, we. Like us. Go, translated from the Latin word, uh, go. We and go. Those are the two operative words here. We and go. We have to go. That means that's us, and we have to do something. So what does that look like? Well, today, I think it's time for us to find out whether we are fake news or not, whether we're Australians with guns, we're Australians who can still hunt with guns, or are we Americans? Are we American patriots? Today is the day to pledge to defend our Constitution against COVID stan. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to just such a separation." Here in these United States of America, we have always held these truths to be self-evident. That all men and women are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these unalienable or God-given rights, governments are instituted among us. However, such government derives its power solely by the consent of the governed. Therefore, whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends... It is not just the right of the people to alter or abolish it, but it is their moral obligation to do so, especially when it threatens the people's safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, yet that is not the case with covid stand, which is how we have chosen to contemptuously brand the combined forces behind this coercive power grab It appeared on our lands suddenly, without warning, less than two years ago. 
Furthermore, history has unfortunately also shown that mankind is more willing to suffer while such evils are sufferable than to rightfully confront and abolish the tyranny inflicting, inflicting those evils. However, when a long train of abuses and usurpations reduces us to living under absolute despotism, it is our right and duty to throw off such government. The history of COVID stand is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all resulting in direct tyranny of these United States of America. In fact, this amounts to little more than a crude attempt at invasion. Thus, it should be rejected and repelled by these United States of America. To prove this, let the following facts be submitted into evidence. COVID stand has enacted heinous and capricious policies that have threatened to do irreparable harm to our way of life while also proving to be ineffective. In fact, it seems the more ineffective they have proven to be, the more intolerably they are forced upon us. COVID stand has killed our citizens with its ineffective and tyrannical policies. It has also caused great anguish, anxiety, and damage to our society's collective mental and emotional health and stability. COVID stand has robbed our children of their innocence, as well as memorable occasions and rites of passage of growing up as a free American, which previous generations took for granted. COVID stand has forcibly shut down or bankrupted multitudes of family and small businesses while redistributing both their commerce and wealth to mega corporations that either enforce or enable its tyrannies. COVID stand has repeatedly lied, dissembled, and manipulated critical data, whether by crafting it to support its policies and narrative or when it is discovered to expose its demonic levels of dishonesty. COVID stand has pitted Americans against one another and divided us into balkanized camps based on medical apartheid with its truthless propaganda and nonsensical and immoral policies. COVID stand has turned public health into a public menace thus doing perhaps irreparable harm to the integrity of and trust in a vital enterprise for the safety of the American people. COVID stand has weaponized science as a means for acquiring power and control while manipulating and discrediting it altogether. COVID stand has spawned unprecedented levels of censorship in both the public and private sectors, which is in clear violation of both the spirit and literal meaning of the First Amendment. COVID stand has operated beyond even blatant disregard for our Constitution to the point of malfeasance. In other words, it is devising plots and plans which seem to intentionally seek to undermine the social compact our Constitution both preserves and protects. And COVID stand has maliciously threatened fundamental freedoms that even pre-exist these United States of America, such as the freedom to breathe free air or assemble for worship of the Creator. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most traditional terms, legislatively, politically, and legally, and yet our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury and further tyranny. An enterprise which behaves with such lack of character and empathy may be defined as a tyrant and is therefore unfit to be a ruler of any free people. We, the citizens, and therefore the rightful rulers of these United States of America appeal to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions. We pledge in the name and authority of these United States of America to declare our right to be free and independent of COVID stand. That all political connection between us is henceforth immediately and totally dissolved. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other, to each other, 
to each other to fulfill the following. We will now live as free men and women regardless of the dictates of COVID stand, which is an invader and usurper and therefore an illegitimate government. Whenever possible, we will defy and resist COVID stands tyrannies openly, brazenly, and proudly without any remorse. We will live as if our rights still come from God, which they do. In situations where outright defiance and resistance isn't yet achievable, we will use the occasion to turn the talismans of COVID stand against itself with utter contempt, scorn, and mockery. We will not submit our children to be COVID stands test subjects any longer, whether that is for masked psyops in the schools we own and subsidize, by the way, or forced injections of your experimental therapeutics whose true efficacy and long-term concerns are still largely unknown. We will aggressively oppose, resist, and defy any attempts to coercively impose any form of vaccine mandate, whether from the public or private sector, by any peaceable means necessary, even if that includes threatening the flow of vital endeavors such as interstate commerce and travel. We will no longer permit COVID stand to use a virus with a less than 1% case fatality rate as the ruse by which it gets to steal our elections via banana republic voting and counting methods or sophisticated mail and ballot harvesting schemes. We will no longer permit COVID stand to continue killing our citizens by shunning and smearing proven and affordable products that aid in the early treatment of the disease, but instead will prescribe and distribute them as widely as we can to save as many lives as we can. When empowered to do so, we will use the political and legal power we acquire to actively seek out agents, operatives, and collaborators of COVID stand to be publicly punished and made an example out of in order to send one resounding message. Never again will this happen here. In summary, we, the people of these United States of America, pledge to one another our lives, fortunes, and sacred honors in carrying out among ourselves the oath of office to many of our elected servants have betrayed. Since they have mostly abandoned us to defend ourselves against COVID stand, we will now act accordingly. We, the undersigned, pledge we will defend our Constitution against all enemies, both foreign and in the case of COVID stand, domestic. If you mean it, Steve, give me a plan. Steve, give me something to do. Steve, give me something I can do. If you meant it all those times you emailed me and sent this to me, I urge you to take one small step in acknowledging that. Your first step to fulfilling that. We have resurrected SteveDace.com just for this. If you go there right now, this pledge is there. You can read it for yourself. You can share it with others. SteveDace.com. You can also sign it. I will sign it right now. SteveDace.com is where you can go to read this pledge, to sign this pledge. If you want to create a network of other people like you, like us, you can enter an email address in there as well. We can coordinate among us if the time comes on how to push back. SteveDace.com is where you want to go. That is where you will find this pledge. You can read it again for yourself, share it with others, and you can sign it.
But don't sign it if you don't mean it. Don't sign it if you're not going to go through with it. So now I ask us. Are we fake news or not? Because this is just... This is just a partial measure of what it will take to end this. If we can't even commit to this, then get your suckling spot on the government teat now before the narrative no longer, the regime's narrative no longer needs you and has moved on. Don't exist in the middle any longer. Take the pledge or bow the knee. You may do either. If Baal is Lord, go and serve him. If God is God, though, serve him accordingly. If you really believe we have no king but Jesus, we need to act like it. If you don't want to become the next Australia, it will be up to us to prevent it. This is, this is at least a down payment on the on what that will cost. So I would urge you today, don't waste any more time on non-actionable angst. Don't waste any more time just tuning in to get fired up and frustrated and just go back to your daily lives. Because those daily lives aren't going to be there in a few weeks or months. Unless you bow the knee. It makes no sense. None. It makes no sense to not sign up to do this and then not bow the knee, but then agree to bow the knee later on. If you're going to bow the knee, do it now. Do it now while some good seats are still available. Don't get stuck in the back. Bow the knee now. Or together we take a stand. But those are your only two choices. This muddling middle doesn't exist any longer, and it really never did. So I ask again, are we fake news or not? Now, Todd, you had no idea what was coming here with this today. So you get to react to this fresh and live, just as the entire audience does. Well, already I know what a a lot of you are thinking out there. The same things you've been thinking all the other times you've been challenged I don't know. I'm just not that kind of person. Well, let me tell you about that kind of person uh, who I know really well. My wife. Totally the opposite of me. Yet she's already uh, ultimately signed this pledge without having physically done so yet. Because more than a month ago, she agreed to run for school board instead of me. And we live in an exurb. Uh, that is nowhere close to being overrun by the nonsense that's overrun so many other places. But it's coming for us all. And there's already one candidate who's already on that board who's been uh, endorsed by Polk County Democrats and overtly in a way that means they're coming with all the racial nonsense, the mask nonsense, the transgender nonsense. She's, she doesn't try to hide it. And my wife simply said, it... it, it it's, it can't just be you all the time and people like you. It ha- it, this is only going to change when people like me 
step forward and do this. And so she has. No excuses. She's put her name on that dotted line and will be held accountable. And in a place where, listen, if what Steve has called you to, if you simply accept it, she's going to win that election in this place for the same reasons. If they simply accept what is obvious, and if they don't, there's freedom in that for all of us as well. The knowing, truly, where we stand. There's no shame in putting yourself out there in the cause of freedom and then still losing. There's no shame in that at all. Perhaps there's more glory because true faith does not reside in being guaranteed victory on this mortal coil. Quite the opposite. Faith simply says, here I am, Lord, send me, and leaves the outcomes to the one you're putting your faith in. So right now, whether your faith is in Almighty God, or if you've kind of been putting that thing on a shelf for a while, but your faith is in this nation, and you know darn well that this nation is founded in the things of Almighty God, you can't lie to yourself about that. It's time for you to choose. It's time for you to be a grown-up. Stop with your childish things. And as Steve said, just pick one and own it and own it hard. Be not afraid, indeed. But you're also, you're, the reason you're not doing what Steve is saying and, and you're hedging your bets, because you are afraid of that other side. Steve's telling you, get in now while the getting's good. But you're, you're afraid you know you're going to be a sellout if you do. But I don't know, you're, you, 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 you're better off making a decision right now, one way or the other, so we all can look each other in the eye. We're at a very pivotal point right now. So a judge in New York State has just put an injunction against that state's attempt to impose its vaccine mandate on medical workers in the state. All right, they were going to lay off, what was it, something like 80,000 people or fire them or something. I think it's our friends at We the Patriots USA that are doing that lawsuit, by the way. There is hope, but we have to act on that hope. The NBA is not, the, the, the New Jersey Nets and the NBA are not coming down on Kyrie Irving because he's a lone wolf. It's because they're afraid that he's not. While creating martyrs is the worst is the worst fate we face before Caesar, history also shows that when Caesar starts openly creating martyrs, it's because he's on his last legs. So what must we do? What Alfred said to Batman, endure. That's what we must do. We endure to the end. So if you cannot do that, um, um, we're, we're not here to shame you or judge you anymore. We are here to tell you, though, get thee to a nunnery. Stop being just a mere passive consumer of contrarian or conservative or alternative media for entertainment or because it affirms your convictions that aren't really your convictions, but positions that you have no plans on acting on. Get out now. Bow the knee now while the getting is good and you still have some leverage and you still have a, they still desire you. It's always best to enlist than wait to be drafted, right? Enlist now. Turn off shows and media like this. You don't really believe in it anyway. And bow the knee 
Join the regime. Do it now while the getting is still good. Those of you that remain, I assume you're remaining because you want to win. If you want to win, this is what it is going to take. So just as Christ calls us to live as best we can, as if the kingdom of God is here and now, in the world and not of it, we must do this on a civic level as Americans. We will live as if the Constitution of these United States of America is here and now. To the best of our ability, regardless of what new and fresh tyrannies COVID stand is willing and waiting to concoct, that level, that level of dissidence, that level of contrarian, that little of I don't give a care. That's what it will take to defeat this and nothing more. If you don't have that in you, you're not a terrible person. You're just a fool who needs to go bow the knee to the regime right now and stop lying to yourself. You're in the worst of both worlds. So now's the time. This is the fork in the road. You know, for so long, Steve, give us a plan. I've been hesitant to do it. Why? Because (laughs) that separates sheep and goats real quick. Well, here's your plan. This is what it will take, I believe. Anything less, Aaron, and you're just wasting your time here. I'm going to harken back to a tradition on our Independence Day show. Every single year, there's, uh, I think, uh, an old, it's not in, in, um, on the air anymore, an old kid's show. And um, this, this animated television show told the story one time of Caesar Rodney. We play that little clip on the show every year around Independence Day. And we ask the question, can one person, one mm. man, one woman make a difference? Mm. Caesar Rodney, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence and his ride uh, with great haste as he was sick to be able to uh, to basically ma- uh, cast the de- uh, deciding vote. Can one person make a difference? And I, and I said this year, and I want to reiterate this as well. The question is not, can one person make a difference? The, 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 yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. The question is, must I make a difference? Caesar Rodney answered that question in the affirmative. Will you? Must I make a difference? The answer to that question is always yes. Whatever that is for you, there's there's several opportunities. And you're going to have more and more as we go ahead. But no more with the fear. No more with the, I got weird looks. No more with the, well, I'm just doing, I just don't, I don't don't, don't, know. No more with that. Answer the question, yes, I must make a difference. Whether that's running for school board, like Todd's wife whether that is going to your school board, whether that's organizing parents, that's what we're really talking about right now because it's really easy to ignore one parent. If you organize a bunch of of parents, um, it's a lot harder to ignore that. They will still try, 
but it's a lot harder. You have to make a difference. There is no, there is, if you answer in the negatory, then as Steve said, just, just get thee to a nunnery, but you have to, there, there is not a choice right now. We and go. That's how we started this conversation. That's where it will end. We will go or we will be gone. As the devil says to Ray in my book, A Nefarious Carol, we're playing for big stakes here, Ray. We will go or we will be gone. We can do this. It's this it, it COVID stand, it's feeling some real pressure. Now's the time for us to squeeze. Pop Culture Tuesday is next. back here on the Steve Day Show. And again, if you want to sign that pledge, don't sign it, though, if you don't mean it. Don't sign that pledge and then send your kids back to school tomorrow in a face diaper. Don't do it. Don't. SteveDace.com. Just my name. SteveDace.com. Um, I hope my mom, she's she tunes in a lot. I'm going to pretend today, though, she's not, or at least for the next minute or two. We have a new partner on the show. And I wanted to wait until I had a chance to personally sample their work. And I did. And it's spectacular. It's called Paint Your Life. Um, You can send any picture in you want. So I sent the oldest picture I possess of my mama and I. All right. And I mean, I, I can't be any older than two. And it's pretty clear Grandma Myrna was overfeeding me. I guess we'll put it that way. <laughs> chunk, okay, but it, but I'm but I'm two, so it's kind of the adorable chunk as opposed to like when you're nine or ten and the kind that everybody makes fun of you for. You know what I'm saying? And boy, does of course my mom would be seventeen, so she would be very young at this point. And it's the two of us together. It's the oldest picture of the two of us I have. And so you send these folks pictures that you know wilt over time, particularly the old stuff, and you want to have them preserved, they put them in with world-class artists into paint form to preserve those memories. And I I got this portrait yesterday at the house, and it's a combined Christmas. My mom's birthday is in January, so this year she's getting a combined Christmas and birthday gift with this thing. Okay? Um, it, I mean, I was blown away by it. Even my teenagers, and you know, they're at that age right now that if it doesn't directly um, impact them in any way, they're just unimpressed, right? (laughs) Even they were like, wow. So if you've got some memories that you want to preserve that uh, can fade with yesterday's technology, right now, a limited time offer, and if you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed, but right now you get a limited time offer, 20% off your painting right now, 20% plus free shipping, 20% 20% off plus free shipping. If you text the word Steve, my first name, text the word Steve to 64,000. So 6430. 64000. All right? 
You can help celebrate the matters that most or the moments that matter the most right now. Text Steve to 64000, 64,000. Get 20% off when you text the word my name, Steve, to 64,000. And if you want to see samples of their work, I mean, it looks great on the site. I'm telling you, in person, it's far more impressive, as great as it looks on the site. Paintyourlife.com is where you can go to, to see that if you want it. Paintyourlife.com. And if you want to take advantage of that, again, text my name, Steve, to 64,000. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. When we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism, and I got to tell you, um, we've been doing this segment pretty much since, C- well, did, did we start even doing this before CRTV and The Blaze merged. So has this been going on pretty yeah. much the whole time you two, the three of us have yep. been working together? Yeah. Some so 2015 yeah. then, right? Yeah. I don't know if we have come upon something of a fictional basis that offers as rich of a territory for us to mine and discuss, given you know what, what primarily drives this show, as the new hit series on Netflix called Midnight Mass. Todd is correct. We're going to have to have a part two of this conversation for Pop Culture Tuesday next week. We could really have seven of them, like an episode I, I, we, by episode. We, we, we kind of could. This thing is rich with allegory, symbolism, commentary. It, it, it's not all orthodoxy, got to warn you, but it is also smart. Like at no time in this series, even when it was insulting what I believe, did I feel patronized, condescended to, did I not? Did I did I roll my eyes and I'm like, oh come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I I thought this show was brilliant, and there is some orthodoxy in there as well. Okay, more than maybe the writers understand. It, I, and that's one of the things I want to talk about. Do they? Un, there's one scene in particular that I want to address. Okay, but there's no way we can discuss this without spoiling it. That's why I gave you a heads up a week ago that we were going to do this. So if you have not watched the show, we don't want to spoil it. You've been warned. There's just no way to discuss it without spoiling it. The setup of the show. So three, two, one. All right, you've been warned. Here's the plot line of the show. You have a celebrated uh, Monsignor on a hamlet. It's an isolated island off the East Coast. It's a fishing village called Crockett Island. And it's isolated from the continental U.S. They kind of have their own thing going on. It's about a what, an hour ferry ride to the mainland, all right? So, I mean, they really are uh, kind of out on their own. And there's been a long-serving Monsignor there at the local Catholic parish. He went on, they raised the money within this community to send him for the first time, he's like 80 years old now, to send him for the first time, he's always wanted to go to the Holy Land, all right? And to walk the stations of the cross and everything else. They came up with the money amongst the townspeople and sent him to go as a retirement gift, but he didn't come back. And suddenly a young priest shows up. He's not charismatic in nature, but he's got some charismatic flourishes in his theology. And suddenly this town that had been kind of just going through the motions religiously for a long time is kind of coming alive here. Okay. What you eventually learn as those of you that have seen the show know, and if you haven't, and I'm about to spoil it, you were warned. What you eventually learn is this young man, this young priest, is the Monsignor. That while he was away on his, on his pilgrimage, 
he stumbled into a cave and came upon a demonic being not unlike, say, a vampire. This demonic being attacks him. And then if you know anything about vampire lore, the way that new vampires are made is they then feed you. After they feed off of you, they then feed you. And so this demonic entity, this vamp- this demonic take on a vampire does this. I, I say demonic take because it's, he's given demonic flourishes. Is that fair? It's not just a run-of-the-mill vampire looking guy with, with fangs and stuff. I mean, th- this is built like a demonic, like an, like an acolyte of hell. He looks like an acolyte of hell. He's a dark angel. For yes, sure. yes. And the Monsignor is convinced that this is actually an angel of the Lord. So he smuggles him back with him to the island. And during communion, because again, these folks are Catholics, so they ain't busting out the grape juice, brother. All right? During communion, he has been mixing the blood of this vamp, of this demonic entity with what they are drinking during, during their Eucharist. And what ends up happening is, originally, things look good. People are getting younger, healthier. And then they come to find out, though, that this is a monkey's paw. It comes with a price. For the longest time, the, 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 the Monsignor priest believes he's on the side of angels here, literally. He's on the side of light. To the point that they concoct, a mid, they start having midnight masses because he has injected so much of this blood, he can't go out in the daylight anymore. So they can't have service on Sunday morning. They have to have midnight masses. And again, though, because of, because of some Catholic traditions, they think it's a little odd to be doing it every week, but it's not, you know, the totally foreign concept to them. So there's a little bit of hemming and hawing, but overall, the spiritual benefits, like seeing a crippled girl get out of her wheelchair and walk in church, people are like, I'm going to see the signs of the times here. Eventually, of course, with any sort of Faustian bargain, the bill comes due. And the demonic entity has a much higher... Is it, this is a ruse. It's a bait and a switch. He intends to use this to basically launch an offensive of an invasion, like, like, a, like, a, like a plague. His intentions were nefarious. Indeed. And it's only at the very end when the Monsignor sees what it has reduced the people to, to fully succumb to this, what he thought was an angel of light, that he regrets what has occurred and, and the role that he played in instigating this process. Now, there is so much more we could say about this show. And in fact, we're going to have to. And now that I think about it, I wonder if we're even going to get through this next week. Okay. But for now, let me stop here. And I want to get you guys in on this. Well, I need, I don't want to stay. What's your scene? So at the end of the show, when literally all hell is broken loose and everybody has now they've held a Easter vigil midnight mass. And this is now they, they figured this is the final amount of this being's blood they've have and taken to be, to be given over and and reach eternal life. And if what ends up happening, of course, is it's a little bit like the fully vaccinated are now the super spreaders. What happens here is those that partake of this end up eating to death. Those who have not, 
and they and the whole thing just becomes a beyond violent Lord of the Flies. Just it descends into nihilism, with one exception. Throughout this show, you there is a main character who is based on the 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 writer of of the of the series, who grew up devout. Had a male moral failing. He killed someone in a drunk driving accident. Has never been able to forgive himself. Has abandoned God, abandoned his faith, went to prison. And meanwhile, his family, though, has held on to their faith. The mom is almost, at first you think she's kind of like naively religious. Then you find out later on there's a lot more going on there. Then you think at first the dad, played by Henry Thomas from E.T. fame, you kind of think maybe he's kind of, you know, going through the motions. Then you find out at the end there's a lot more going on there too. Okay? Well... They are they are um, forced. They try to abstain from taking part in this ritual at the end. But because they are attacked and fed this being's blood against their will, they eventually turn over when they don't intend to. What you see happen, because as the show goes on, you see that this couple is very serious about their faith. They're very serious about their marriage. They're very serious about one another. This is for real to them. It's, it's sincere in them. Maybe the only couple in the whole island that it's sincere in, frankly. Meaning that, that they will just do this out of love of God, not expect anything back, my daughter to be healed or this to happen. They just do this out of pure devotion. What you see at the end is everybody else that, 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 that was given over cannot contain themselves and becomes basically evil. They're the lone exception. And there's a scene at the end where all hell is breaking loose and people are dying around them. They come together. They're vampires now, but they're not acting the way everybody else is. And the, and the husband, played by Henry Thomas, looks at the wife and he says, I thought when I started to see people change that this was a compulsion. It was because it was a compulsion they could not control, is what he says. It was a compulsion they could not control. And then he says, but now I realize that's not the case. Meaning, because their faith was real, something they were living this inside out. The strength is in them to refuse this, even though the desire is all there. They're starving, they're hungry, you can hear their stomachs growling, their eyes have turned over. The desire is all there, but they have the strength to refuse it because of what was inside them before they were turned over. Now, I don't know if the guy who did this meant that on purpose. I don't know that. But that's clearly the allegory that is driven here. That greater is him who is in you than him who is in the world. They preach that homily in that scene at the end of this show. And and by the way, at the end, when they decide they have to stop killing and they'll just wait for the sunlight to arrive and kill them off so that this doesn't spread to the mainland, who leads the group in singing near my God or closer my God to thee? Who leads the group in that? The wolf. That couple does. Yeah. They begin and then the rest of the town joins in them. Now, I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know if that was meant. But brother, if that is unintentional, that's about as on the mark as you can unintentionally get. That's the point that I wanted to make. Go ahead. Well, I come at it from a different storyline, but the exact same point in all this. Listen, this is a a former Catholic. I looked this up who wrote this. Uh, and while he do, uh, clearly doesn't agree with the church anymore, I, I, and I paid very close attention, this is not this is not overtly against 
it has a different take on spirituality in general, but it is not overtly a hater of the Catholic Church. He said, I didn't have a bad experience in the Catholic faith. And there's one I was certain of, of why I wanted to go find out about this, because in the end, when the priest has brought all this, when he thought he was uh, doing the will of God, and he finds out uh, uh, he hasn't, you find out that he has been living in sin himself mm-hmm. his entire life as a priest. He has been, uh, he had an affair with a woman on the island. He has a child. While her husband was away in Vietnam. Yes. yes. He has a child on the island that you don't know until the very end. And during, he's he's talking uh, in, or very early on, talking about the Eucharist and what happens when you do not go to confession before receiving the Eucharist, if you take the Eucharist in sin, unworthily. And that's, he went all the way over to the Holy Land. This was his dream, but he went there unworthily. He was never fully repentant of that. And that has been his entire priesthood, which is why he could so fully fall into this kind of froth that Steve is talking about because his faith was not pure. The people, the couple he's talking about were not perfect people. They didn't pretend to be perfect people. Mm-hmm. No one lies about that, but their faith was authentic. No, the dad feels like a failure. Yes. How did I go wrong? How did I raise yes. a son yes. that committed this act of murder? What did I go yes. wrong? But through thick and the thin, through the highs and the lows, they were steadfast. Where others, when these miracles card come, they and, endured. Yes, they endured. Yes, and everybody else is overwrought because of the miracles. In the last line of the movie, the little girl who had been healed. The last line is, "I can't feel my legs anymore." Because the point is, as it as as in Scripture, the Lord says He says He's healing people, but He's telling you the miracles aren't the point. The forgiveness is the point, and that is throughout this entire show. In not necessarily explicit, explicitly Christian sense, but that is the part where these guys may be stretching a little bit. They can't avoid the fact that the forgiveness they crave is it. the point. Yes. The, the show craves it to the point they're just trying to forgive each other, forgive everything that moves. The, the great, the, the, that hole in the, in the soul, knowing that it is needed, they crave it. That's in the end what the entire show is about. Now, there's more going on here. Aaron, we need to have time to get to you, brother. All right. I may or may not have watched this, okay. so that's okay. Uh, well, you got one week, and you're on the clock right now. <laughs> All right? Overtime uh, for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.